like the show? Want to listen to episodes early? Consider becoming a patron. Starting at the $3 a month level, patrons get access to a custom patron-only feed where we put out episodes of Upstairs Studio podcasts like the Child Care Bar and Grill, Miss Becky's Classroom, That Early Childhood Nerd, the Renegade Rules podcast, and others early. That feed is just for patrons. You could be one of them. Go to patreon.com slash playvolutionhq or click the link in the show description to learn more. Hey everyone, it's Heather. I know you're here to listen to the podcast, but did you know I also offer all kinds of online consulting services? Stuff like webinars, book studies, curriculum training and consultation, and even companion activities for podcast episodes to use for staff development. If you're interested, you can check out my website at www.thatearlychildhoodnerd.com or you can email me at heather at thatearlychildhoodnerd.com. Thanks for listening. Grab your highlighters. Can't find them? They're probably right there in your pocket protector. It's time for that Early Childhood Nerd Podcast. Let's get nerdy. Here's Heather. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of That Early Childhood Nerd. I'm Heather Burnt Santi, and my guest today is Francis Wardle, who is the author of the book, Oh Boy, Strategies for Teaching Boys in Early Childhood. Um, and if you've been listening for a while, you will also um, recognize him as the author of the Gorilla Teaching Tactics article that we had so much fun with a month or so ago um, and got that great response from. So welcome, Francis. Would you tell everybody what you want them to know about you? Thank you. I appreciate being here. Um, I'm an author and a um, professor. I teach at the University of Phoenix and at Red Rocks Community College. I write uh, books. Uh, this is my ninth book, and I write a lot of articles for Exchange, Young Children, other publications about a gamut of issues for uh, for young children and about young children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and I uh, I've actually waiting for you wrote a text. You co-authored a textbook about play. Correct. And I'm I'm waiting for that to get to me. <laughs> I'm excited, excited to read that. So thanks very much for joining. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna give everybody the quote, and then we'll start our conversation. So this is from the book Oh Boy, published by Exchange Press, and um, and you say this: For many young boys, the early childhood experience is not a positive, empowering one. Too many are suffering. And we need to make major changes at every level of the field from expectations, the environment, instructional approaches and discipline methods to policies regarding school readiness and special education. There's a lot in there. (laughs) Yes. That's the thesis of the book right there. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the first, we just got that quote. Yeah, no, definitely buy the book. It was so good. Um, So before we were, when we were prepping for recording today, I, I asked you if you would be comfortable addressing a little bit the, the idea of um, the gender being more than a binary and some people sort of have that barrier when they hear this title. Um, So, so let's start by, by just addressing that and then we can go on to talk about why we think it's important to talk about boys. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, The message of my book is, 
that we need to examine individual children. We need to look at how individual children develop, grow, and learn. And then we need to match the physical and social environment to that child to maximize their learning. Yeah. It's about matching the environment to the individual child and their traits, not to their label. Yeah. So one of the comments I got when I when I posted on my own Facebook page that I had started this book was, why would you need to teach boys any differently? And sort of what I said was, well, we're not saying that we're, it's more about our awareness of our expectations and um, sort of the patterns we're seeing with it's boys. It's the patterns and it's unfortunately the statistics and the statistics yeah. are horrible. Yeah. If you look at any negative statistics for young children, and again, we're obviously talking birth through age eight, look at expulsions, you look at suspensions, you look at kids in special education, you get look at children on discipline plans, you look at children who are withheld from advancing to first grade or second grade, it's skewed not a little bit significantly toward the boys in the mm -hmm. negative sense. Mm -hmm. And so and, why? and and my uh, hypothesis is because we simply are not matching their needs. Yeah. So one thing that um, that you mentioned is that there's a mismatch between what's typical for boys, um, typical behavior and developmentally to be expected kinds of, of things. And the fact that most of the teachers they're with are middle class white women who maybe just don't relate to, to that those behaviors. Am I saying that Clearly That's enough. correct. I don't want to focus just on what I call the female culture of early childhood. And it is a culture. And you really have to understand what cultures are and their mm -hmm. values and their behaviors and their expectations. And the entire culture of our field is female. But it's also our expectations are too high mm -hmm. in terms of um, uh, academics, boys tend to be slower than girls in most things, particularly <laughs> young boys. They're slower verbally, they're slower emotional control, the part of the brain that controls behavior, it develops sl slower with boys than girls. Uh, boys have more accidents, uh, all those things. And yet our, ex our expectations are for the average, and I want to be real clear here, I'm talking about normative average girl and normative average boy. Uh -huh. Obviously, individuals don't necessarily follow those things. Women tend to have grown up as girls, tend to have read <laughs> girls' books, tend to have played uh, as typical girls, tend to have um, often avocations that are more familiar with girls and boys, but again, men and women, but not always. Than, than boys and boys. I mean, one of the best ways to look at this is just have a father or a, a volunteer male come to your classroom and just see what the kids do. They're all over him. Uh -huh. they, want, they want to wrestle. They want to rough and tumble play. They want to make a mess. It's just much bigger. It's much more, it's louder. And quite frankly, it's messier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember when I was a center director, we had one dad in a, uh, his son was three and he liked to come in and spend time. Right. We, we want parents to do that. Families, Absolutely. we want them to come spend time. Absolutely. But it became 
very much rough and tumble play, just what you're describing. And so then the teachers were like, tell him not to come anymore. It's too hard. (laughs) And and my point is we need more people like that because kids, particularly boys, but also some girls Uh thrive on rough and tumble play. They thrive on making a mess. They thrive on um, building things and knocking them down. In fact, I have a, a grandson who is eight years old, and I was talking to him about building with blocks, and I said, isn't it fun to build with blocks? And he looked at me and said, it's more fun knocking them down. <laughs> That's typical. Yeah, yeah, Just let's just be honest about this block play. <laughs> and then again, also um, books. I mean, girls and women tend to like certain kind of books. Men tend to like different kind of books. What's wrong with that? We need both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We need books about construction, and we need books about yucky smells and we need books about um, the outdoors and monsters and all those guys, as well as the other kind of books. Mm-hmm. Um, so can you, and I guess you've kind of, you've kind of touched on this a little bit, but can you expand a little bit on what you mean when you say um, we need to make major changes in our expectations? So yes, that so that are built on this idea of school readiness, mm-hmm. and school readiness is the dumbest idea I've ever heard of. Yay! <laughs> it should be high school graduation readiness. Mm. That's the goal. Mm-hmm. It's not graduating at six years old. It's plain dumb stupid. <laughs> and when you look at kids who struggle, again, boys, kids with uh, specific learning disabilities. Uh, what do we do? We focus on what they're not good at. We take away the arts. We take away play. We take away outdoor stuff, stuff that all kids need because we have to focus on pre-reading skills. Mm-hmm. No, we don't. Those kids, more than anything else, need the arts. They need the outdoors. They need physical activity. Mm-hmm. So the expectation drives this kind of inappropriate interaction with kids. And then, of course, it even it drives the incredible disproportionate amount of boys in special education. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would tell my college students, my community college students, I said, 50 years ago, we loved boys with, quotes ADHD because they would help on the farm. Now, they're a problem. They didn't change. Uh-huh. Our expectations changed. Yeah, yeah. So the 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 standard that we use to measure is is maybe a it's little right bit out of whack yeah and again it tends to not totally but it tends to match up better with the normal girl than with the normal boy so we end up penalizing the boy we end up putting them in special education we end up punishing them mm-hmm. simply because they engage in typical boy behavior and yeah. we have to change the paradigm and say if a child wants to yell scream and run around let them yell, scream, and run around outside. Let's in- increase outdoor activities. Let's increase um, field trips. Let's Because they need to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just really uncomfortable for us who are working with young children to think about changing ourselves because we yes. see teaching as imposing change on someone else. So- and, and that's, of course, the biggest issue that goes beyond this to the guerrilla teaching issue and play and everything, the assumption by the adult that we know what's best for the child. Mm-hmm. No, we don't. Yeah. Yes, we have to set certain expectations. We have to have certain goals. We have, But let the child tell us what they want. Let the child tell us how they learn best. Mm-hmm. Beautiful article that I quote in the book 
about movement and it says two things it says a lot of kids particularly boys have to move when they learn they can't learn any other way and secondly there's some research that suggests that the actual movement activity increases brain development mm -hmm. just by moving and I quote somewhere in the book, and I, I, one of my favorite quotes, I say, I don't know any research anywhere that says the only way a person can learn is by sitting still. Right. But that's our seen, picture. I've never seen that research. Mm -hmm. Yet we, the assumption is, you know, you have to sit still and do your math, or you have to sit still and do your counting, you have to sit still and do your ABC. No, you need to go and handle stuff. And while you're hand it, ha handling it, you can count it and you could add it or you should subtract it. But mm -hmm. it has to be concrete. It has to be real. It has to be hands-on because that's how little kids learn. Right. Again, sometimes more than girls because basically boys are slow again. Their uh -huh. mental capacity takes a little longer. Yeah. So again, I realize a boy because he's slow makes no sense. Yeah. So I want to I want to ask you to clarify that a little bit in case someone again is worried about the language talking about them being slower or behind. But yeah. you're just talking about the ways that they develop. The, I'm the, talking about the, the development of um, some basic constructs that we use to determine school success uh -huh. particularly at the young age yeah. that is sit still focus language uh -huh. more language the better you are those kind of things yeah. as a group boys don't sit still as a group boys have problem with they're slower linguistically we know this the, the uh, language part of the brain is more developed with girls and boys and boys are always in trouble. Why? Because the emotional regulation part of the brain hasn't developed yet. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's not their fault. Yeah. And again, we had them mucking out the stall and collecting eggs and cutting down thistles in the in the yard in the back. We loved it. Yeah. And, and we too. sure. So, and I think that um, you know discussion is increasing about the importance of movement. But we're sort of just giving it lip service and we think, okay, so boys need more movement. So we'll do some jumping jacks before circle time or something like that. But you're talking about authentic opportunities to really move their bodies, if I'm not mistaken. I'm talking about two things. I'm talking okay. about one, the arts, movement, dance, visual arts, all need to be a central part of the curriculum. Mm. Not one that when the special ed teacher comes in and say, well, I'm going to do your tutoring, Johnny, and you don't get to do art because I'm scheduled it again. Mm -hmm. And secondly, it's getting clearer and clearer that movement is an essential part of learning, that you can't divorce the two. Uh -huh. And one of my favorite heroes is Einstein. Uh -huh. And his childhood was, was fascinating. He beat up his tutor because he couldn't stand the way he was teaching him. Oh <laughs> Later on, yeah, he did one of these math labs where you're supposed to follow the directions. Uh -huh. Well, I wouldn't follow directions like so many little boys. He burnt down his math lab. This is what I'm talking about. We Kids don't learn the way we think they learn. Yeah. They learn hands-on, messy, creative, cause and effect, all those kind of things. Yeah. So um, 
I before I, I want to ask you to to talk a l- again a little bit about expulsion and that data and why we have reason to be concerned and reason to really reflect on what we're doing with boys because a lot of times if I talk about expulsion everybody's like in preschool boys don't get kicked out of preschool nobody gets kicked out of childcare but it happens all the time um, the statistics I don't have there in my book but I think the first suspension twice as many boys as girls are suspended in preschool the second time is 80 some percent more i mean it's a significant amount of difference between boys and girls right right there's a letter i have in it that i um copied in the book from a mother who had a preschooler who initially went to a new preschool because he was looking forward to the preschool and just in a nutshell ended up being kicked out of preschool and the teacher said that he had ADHD um, opposition defined disorder and probably autism. Mm -hmm. No testing, no data, no nothing. We can't do that. Yeah. We simply can't do that. Mm -hmm. Particularly at this age when the whole, their entire education is in front of them. We're turning them off to the most important thing in their life, which is learning. Right. We we're we're giving them the message that at three at three years old, you're not good at school. No, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And we have to be doing the flip, which goes back to the original discussion. It's got to be a paradigm shift. It's mm-hmm. not little um, band-aids here and there. We've got to understand that our purpose is to create in these young children an enthusiasm for self-efficacy and learning. Mm-hmm. They need to enter first grade saying to them, I can be successful, I can achieve what I want to achieve, and I'm looking forward to my, my uh, education. Yeah. We're not doing that to so many boys. Yeah. So, um, uh, and in the book, I just want to point this out for folks. I'm going to ask you in a minute to give us just like a few next steps if this is challenging mm-hmm. listeners. Yeah. But I want to point out that in the book, you, you do, you talk about policy and program practices, curricular approaches, aspects of the classroom, and you give really good concrete right. um, guidance for people. And as I was reading it, I was thinking this would be amazing for any child, but particularly, yes. Yes. particularly meaningful for boys who are facing yeah. these challenges that you're yeah. describing. Yeah. Well, I mean, it goes back to the original statement that, that every child deserves a social and physical environment that maximizes their learning. Mm-hmm. That's what we should be doing. Unfortunately, more boys than girls don't get that. Yeah, yeah. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, and even in, in, in among the data about boys, the numbers for um, black boys or uh, Latino boys is even more disproportionate. Yes, yeah. Um, but, I, but I want to say it's critical not to separate those out. Part of it is race. Part of it is the gender issue. And yeah. I, I will, uh, one of the reasons why I focused on all boys is because gender is a part of that dilemma. Sure. Yeah. I, so three, three years ago, maybe two years ago at the state NACI conference here in Indiana, um, Donna Ford was a keynote speaker and her whole presentation was data about boys being expelled and particularly um, boys of color um, at disproportionate rates. And honestly, half of the state, half of the room left, they were so offended to hear, to yeah. have that presented to them. And yeah. I, um, yeah. So I, I think there is work to be done, and I hope. Oh, that- I did. A, I did a presentation on this book uh, a couple of months ago with private childcare, very affluent, 
<laughs> and I focused on why oh, included this issue in special education and saying that too many children, boys in special education. This one teacher just went apoplectic and she said, it's our job to get a child in special education if they need it and they can benefit it. And I said, yes, it is, but it's got to be correct. It's got to yeah. be, they've got to be able to benefit and putting kids in special ed for ADHD makes no sense. Change right. the environment, change the activity, change the expectation. Yeah. Yeah, it's such a it's such Going a big back to question. your statement, one of one of the things I say, particularly special ed, do not start with the child. Start with the social and physical environment. Is there something in the physical environment that leads to this misbehavior, if that's what you're looking at? Uh-huh. Is there something in our expectation that leads the child not to be able to do what we think a three-year-old should be able to do? and revisit that, see, is, is that realistic? Is there something in the social environment about the expulsions where, I mean, this one study on uh, African-American boys was added and the, the, um, the, the um, researchers didn't really explain it. It said that the teachers who were most, um, most intra, most uh, involved with following African American boys so they wouldn't make mistakes were African American women. Oh. It doesn't matter who they are, that's not acceptable. Mm-hmm. Find out why we're doing what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And then also go to this question of um, our expectations of the child. Is there something we're expecting? Is there something going on at home? Is there something with the other kids? But don't immediately say, well, I'm going to test the child to see if there's something wrong with the child. No, test yourself, test the environment, test what's going on at home, test the expectations. And only when all that is exhausted, said, well, maybe we can help the child in specific intervention. Yeah, I think that's really wise. I had, sorry, I was writing furiously as you were talking because um, I want to make sure I process that a little bit. It just just is, and I want to add one thing because yep. I think this helps. I didn't learn to read until I was in high school. Oh, my. I have now written nine books, <laughs> 500 articles. So this idea that if a child isn't reading by eight years old, they're never going to read is just BS. Mm-hmm. We have to understand that. We have to understand that children have their own trajectories. We have to obviously help them move through what we uh, consider needed to get to the next level. But again, these levels, this, this latter approach, which is the American approach to education, is not a good approach. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have this approach that if you miss the first rung of the ladder, you're going to stay on the first rung until you, that's crazy. Right. No one's going to come back and help you. We have to keep moving yeah. up. Yeah. Yes. So if, um, if someone is listening and thinks this is really resonating and they want to do something that is a little bit more immediate than that right. big picture you just described, what would you, what would you, what advice would you give for some baby steps towards? Well, I think a huge issue is around uh, lack of men in, in programs. Uh-huh. And when I say men, I'm thinking about several categories of men. I'm thinking of male teachers and aides and caregivers. I'm thinking of male administrators. I'm thinking of of men, male volunteers from the home, fathers, grandfathers, uncles, boyfriends, older brothers, a whole bunch. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking of male volunteers from the community. 
grandfathers, scouts, um, other programs, uh, diversion programs. That obviously, you have to deal with safety. Sure. But we don't have men in our programs. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it's, uh, there's reasons for it. I've been in this field all my life, and it's not a field that welcomes men. I'm not welcome. Right. Men are not welcome. And you can go on to the fact that we expect you to take out the trash every day to, you know, <laughs> to, to when you go into the, the, um, the uh, entryway in the office and sit down, all you can read is Glamour magazine. There's no, no, no thoughts or, or anything. I mean, it, yeah. it's across the board. Yeah. So we have to, I think that's the first, create a, a, a committee with interesting fathers, interested men. If, you, if you're part of a bigger organization, are there men in the organization that aren't part of the childcare, but administrators or janitors or that you can have come as part of that group and, and find out ways to bring men into the program? Uh -huh. So if you're part of a religious uh, Catholic school or Lutheran school or a Head Start program that's part of a bigger program, bring in people from other agencies in the program that aren't part of your program mm -hmm. and create a program, a committee to find ways to bring men into your program. Yeah. Number I mean, one. Number, number two, revisit the whole question of indoor and outdoor play and whether or not you can increase two things. Can you increase the time outside? And then can you increase the meaningful activities? Can you have a gardening? Can you bring the woodwork bench out? Can you bring the big blocks out on a concrete slab? Can you bring the dramatic play uh, stuff out there? That's, mm -hmm. And then the third one, and I did this, is um, dramatic play. When I started, I taught kindergarten for a year in Pennsylvania. And typically, all the girls were in dramatic play and not a single boy. And then I looked at the props, and they were all, quotes traditional female props, end quotes. Mm -hmm. So I brought in hard hats. I brought in fire hoses. I brought in fire coats. I brought in old typewriters. I, and mm -hmm. turn around, 50-50. Many yeah. boys and girls. Yeah, when I added old laptops and um, some Starbucks props, I had suddenly so many more yes. boys in dramatic yes. play. Now, I will say, because I think this is important, I also flipped the switch on, on the woodwork bench because it was mainly boys. Uh -huh. And when I brought in some art activities and some yarn and things, 50-50 on the woodwork. So it happens both ways. It's just yeah. in this book, I'm focusing on boys. Right, right. Because I think that's where the, the, the need is. Um, more pressing sometimes. Yes, I unfortunately. Feel like, yeah, I mean, yeah. The, the statistics, you have to ask, if you understand statistics and you understand development, any statistics, be it special education, be it suspensions, be it kids in discipline um, programs or management, discipline management, uh, it should be 50-50. Whether you're looking at gender difference, whether you're looking at racial difference, whether you're looking at other kind of differences, if there's a marked difference between the two, you're in trouble. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Because statistically, it should be the same. You should be doing the same for every every child. Yeah, yeah. That should be that should send you off immediately. 
Yeah, sorry, I was processing because um, <laughs> I was I was just going through parts of the book that I that I remembered as I re- read. But we probably should wrap this up. We've been yeah, going. We could keep going. I, I know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, maybe we'll we'll invite you to record again sometime. Yeah, but I um, but I thank you for this book. I thank you for the articles. Um, I've I've read mostly ones that have been in exchange. Um, right. But I know you you talked about some other places. Do you? I should maybe I should have asked this before we record. Do you have a website or an email or anything if people wanted to get a hold of you? Yeah, the, my email, the same one you have. Uh huh. Okay. Uh, is fine. Okay, so I can you. share that with folks yes. if they yes. if they reach out and want to get you. Okay. Well, thank you again so much for for the work and for being here um, to talk about it right now. I think it's um, I think it's going to be very helpful and eye opening for some who are listening. Thank you, and I just want to encourage people to to look at this in the, in the big picture because it's un, unacceptable the kind of statistical differences. It's just not mm-hmm. fair to start a three, four, five year on, on, on the life of, well, I'm not going to be successful. That's mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, there are always people who look at that and think, um, I know I said I was going to wrap it up, but I'm going to keep going, <laughs> um, uh, who look at those statistics and think, yeah, but not me. And that may be true. You may be doing all these wonderful things, but you're part of a system. And that, I think we have that, a response. It goes back to my, uh, another um, advice. If you have a special ed coordinator, or if you have a disability coordinator, which Head Start does, this is how I started my whole this whole process. Uh-huh. Go to them and say, could I see the number of ki- kids on your roles and would you break them down by gender? Uh-huh. That's how I started the whole thing because I said, said to my disability coordinator, could you just give me the statistics? And she said, sure. Mm-hmm. I said, many boys and girls were being treated by the special ed people in the Head Start program. Mm-hmm. That's what got me going. Doing an analysis of your own program. Yeah. Or even, and I think maybe you mentioned this in the book, just make a list of the children who are sort of challenging for you and compare how many, you know, how many of them are boys on that list. Yeah, and I have to say this because you trigger this. (laughs) Uh, I don't know if you've taught at at a community college, but whenever you teach any subject, there's always most, a lot of the students will have a child in mind and they will say, can you give me help on this child? Yeah. And usually it's a child in their program, but often it's a child in their life force. Uh-huh. And I always say before we get into the long discussion, I say, let me guess. Let me bet that that child is a boy. Uh-huh. Yeah. 95% of the time that child is a boy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's unacceptable. Yeah. That I am. Yeah, currently teaching a class on guidance, guiding behavior at the community college here, and I'm incorporating a lot of, like, I I read the book before the semester started so that I could incorporate (laughs) as much of that in as I could. Um, Okay, we probably really do need to wrap up now, so I'll thank you again, and thanks everybody for listening, um, and I hope you'll come back again for another episode. Thank you. Thank you. And that's the show. Now go get your nerd on. has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh...